the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and a recent recipient of a bee sting. And I don't know if that's a big deal to you, but in my entire life, I've never been stung by a bee until yesterday. And I was at the beach and it stung my little toe. Apparently they live in the sand. I've noticed this before. I don't know why this happens, but they're like bee colonies or something, whatever they live in, in the sand. And uh, we had a dispute with my little toe and he won. He nailed it. I guess he didn't win because he's probably no longer with us. That's how that works. And, it, you know, it swole, got swollen up really big. I was with a, another family and they're like, are you allergic? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never been stung by a bee. I guess we're going to find out in just a minute. And uh, But I'm not. I'm still with you and my toe has recovered. I'm sure that it has bothered you tremendously since I mentioned that. We'll just move on from uh, my, my toe injury. You've been stung by a bee before? I told my mother the story, and she reminds me that when she was a kid, she was riding her bicycle, and a wasp flew in her mouth and stung her inside the mouth. Have you had that happen? It's like, Mom, okay, you win. You win with that story. You can call and join our conversation. We're not really going to talk about bee stings here. 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. You can also email at any time if you're at work. You can't really get to the phone, but you want to chime in on our conversation. Go to SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Send an email to SoCalLive at KKLA.com, and uh, we'll get that on the air if uh, we get it in time in order to do that. This is our number two. We're live in all of Southern California, three to five each and every weekday. And we deal with many different topics. Today, we're dealing with the big story of the day, the big news story of the day. There's probably more important news stories, but if you're following the news, the big news is Elon Musk completed his purchase of Twitter. There was a time when we thought that wouldn't really happen, but it did happen today. Uh, Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla, the off-again, off-on-again richest man in the world, purchased Twitter today for, I believe, $44 billion. He just kind of has that kind of money laying around. Uh, This was the announcement from CNBC, which I want you to listen to just the beginning of it because I think it's kind of funny that Julia Borston seems to call him a twit at the beginning. I'm sure she just misspoke, right? But I think that Twitter just sort of allows that to happen here. Go ahead and play that clip. Yes, the news is out. Uh, Elon Musk to acquire Twitter. It will become um, a private company. It's going to be Twitter's to be acquired by an entity wholly owned by Elon Musk for $54.24. I'm sorry, and 20 cents per share in cash. An evaluation valued at approximately $44 billion. This is the amount um, that was originally proposed by Musk. So worth noting that um, as it, as he had originally said, he was not open to negotiation there. All right. So that was the announcement today. He bought Twitter. He's taking it private. So it'll be an Elon Musk uh, owned company. And uh, that's, you know, the reason it's a big deal is Twitter's something very interesting. If you're not aware of Twitter or you're not on Twitter, uh, the first thing I would say is don't go on Twitter. It will steal your soul. You, you know, you have to be kind of aware of, of, the meanness that is a part of Twitter. There's meanness all over on social media. I don't know why people feel the 
desire and even have the nerve to just say mean things to people, but they do. Kids are saying such mean things to each other that it's led to some suicides, adults too. And, you know, if you go on there and you're just sort of on there to state an opinion, you will just get the nastiest stuff. And that's just from your friends. You know, then you meet these other people, you know, who just feel comfortable for some reason saying stuff. And it gets pretty mean. And it has become something that um, people have accused of not being fair from the standpoint of different opinions and not being something that is foundational for free speech, although that's kind of a really interesting notion there, free speech on social media, because these are private companies. Now Twitter is owned by one guy, basically. He bought all the stock, the whole company. I hope he does Disney next. He can almost buy that. That would be interesting. He's going to need some more help with that, but maybe that's uh, something new. I don't know if that's good or bad that this is happening, and uh, it probably depends on what you're thinking. One of the big issues was also resolved today, at least temporarily, I think, is big questions. Is Donald Trump going to be invited back to Twitter? So a lot of what has happened over the past couple of years is after January 6th, I think on January 7th, President Trump at the time was kicked off of Twitter. And Twitter was a big part of his presidency, right? He, the mean tweets, people say. And it used to be that you could get up in the morning and read Donald Trump's tweet and whatever it was about, that's what the news was going to be about. It was an incredible thing. And this is why Twitter makes the news. If you're wondering why do people care, why is it that Twitter is the headline everywhere today and over the past couple of uh, weeks especially? The reason why is for some reason Twitter, which I think is maybe the smallest as far as actual people involved, smallest of the social media companies, the social media giants, it is the most influential, uh, particularly in areas of news. And Twitter is amazing when there's breaking news, when there's breaking news and people are live tweeting it, which means that they are typing in exactly what's happening or they're going on their phones and they're showing the event that's happening. In fact, if you're interested later after the show, you can Google the live tweeting of the Osama bin Laden raid. There's a guy who was in Islamabad, uh, Islamabad, Islamabad, Abbottabad, that's what it is, Abbottabad, Abbottabad, Abbottabad. It's right down the street from Costelloabad. Ah, that's an old, terrible joke. Abbottabad is what it was in Pakistan, which is where they found Osama bin Laden. Well, this guy's down the street, and he's live-tweeting the whole thing. He doesn't know what it is. He doesn't know that Osama bin Laden lives there, but he's live-tweeting the raid and the helicopter crash and the banging noises and what's going on. And it's an interesting story because this guy's an American who moved there in order to get out of the limelight, and he becomes the only reporter in the world who reported live the Osama bin Laden raid. But Twitter is something that has become a very powerful thing in news. When you're watching your local news tonight, if you watch any local news at all, you'll notice that when they put the person's name up on the screen, I think this is true on all the cable news also, not every person, but many of them, you'll see the little blue bird there. That's the Twitter bird, and you can follow them on Twitter. And if you want to see the news, sometimes social media is right on top of it. It actually can be really good. At the same time, Twitter is the meanest of all of them. It will just destroy uh, people, and uh, it can be pretty nasty. So this has been a big deal. They kicked off Donald Trump, which created um, a whole lot of question as to whether or not this company should kick off a former president, regardless of the content of his tweets. And then during the COVID period of time, it started to kick off people who had opinions that um, were seen as not accurate or seen as conspiracy theories, and sometimes they really are. Sometimes they turned out to be right later on, though. And so the question is, 
who gets to determine what is accurate information? And that's a really big question. And it just is an odd thing, but Twitter actually is very, very, very powerful in our country, around the world, when it comes to speech, when it comes to news, when it comes to how you and I get information. Twitter, even though most of you are not on there, most of you don't even understand it. It's got a learning curve that's different than the rest of them. It's just super powerful. So that's the reason that Elon Musk uh, and his purchase of Twitter is a big deal. And so one of the big questions was, is Donald Trump coming back? And Donald Trump made a statement today. He said, I am not going on Twitter. I'm going to stay on Truth. Truth is the new Twitter-like social media that Donald Trump just launched a few weeks ago. Uh, President Trump went on to say, I hope Elon buys Twitter because he'll make improvements to it and he is a good man, but I'm going to be staying on Truth. So Donald Trump's new service is called Truth Social, and it launched about two months ago, and it's kind of terrible. And he's not even tweeting on it yet, so we'll have to wait and see. I think that a lot of these other ones will go away. Um, you know, maybe not, but I, you know, there's only like a certain amount of room out there as far as attention that people will give different platforms, and they just won't make it. So, for example, CNN Plus went down the tubes 10 minutes and billions of dollars after it started. And the reason is, you know, it's a big question. is Why does a 24-hour news service need more news that they put out there? And then secondly, why would you pay extra for that? Fox News has one. I forget what it's called, but I don't have it. I don't think it's going to make it. Who's, who wants that? Um, there's just a limit at some point to how much of the same news organization you're going to pay for extra. Um, and I think that's the Twitter thing. I think Twitter, unless unless Elon Musk tanks it, uh, which is probably doubtful, is going to be the thing. And the President Trump and others who left will be back. In fact, several people have already come back to Twitter who left it. And now the big question is, are people on the left going to leave Twitter? Um, we call them blue checks. If you want to know what blue check is, if you're on social media, there's it's difficult to prove that you're who you say you are. You can go put, uh, you know, anybody's name. I can I can make an account probably and call it uh, Joseph Biden or if I and uh, make some sort of you know, make it a little different, and they might they might come after me for that a little bit, but I can probably get away with it. That's how I sign my uh, credit card receipts, by the way. When I buy something, I always sign the president, you know, whoever it is, you know, Joseph Biden. When Trump was president, it was Donald Trump, because they never look. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> now you're going to look closely at your credit card receipts. Uh, this is Southern California Live. You can join our conversation at 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We're talking about Elon Musk buying Twitter. And we're going to get around to this question here. How can we be more kind? Have you experienced tremendous kindness? Somebody went out of their way to be kind to you, and it made a difference in your life. That's a story we'd like to hear. And the reason I'm going there is because all of this conversation about social media, it matters. It matters in our culture. Um, And the reason it matters is because I think social media in the last 10 years especially has made us mean. Uh. It has made us a mean country. You know what mean means? It means average, all right? And for a group of people, you know, a culture, I think, who wants to see itself as above average when we're just a bunch of meanies, well, then we're not great. We are a people that is looking for something to guide us, and we have lost what that is. I think we're a culture that knows we need to be penitent. I think we're a culture that knows that we've got some things wrong. We've just lost the direction of which way we should be penitent toward. 
And of course, the answer is we should be penitent towards Christ. He's the one who died for our sins. He's the one who died for us. And there's something about what happens to you when you become a follower of Jesus, a true one. You get, the Bible tells us that you get the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit does something. The Holy Spirit gives you fruit. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is kindness. And here's my question for you to think about, and you can call up and tell us a story or ask anything you want about kindness. Are we as believers kind? Are we seen by the culture as kind people? Maybe you've had an experience where somebody was really kind to you and it made a difference in your life. We'd love to hear those kinds of stories. The kindness that people show, um, it makes a huge difference. And the thing is about God and what he's doing in your life is the Holy Spirit wants to make you more kind as a Christian. Do you know that? More kind. And if you're on social media, if you're on Twitter, the way that you should add value to that platform, or it's Facebook or, or your secret TikTok account or whatever it is you're doing, is it kind? Are the comments you leave in different places, are they kind? Are they uplifting? You know, there's never a place in the Bible where it tells us to be mean and nasty. There's never a place where it tells us to curse our enemies. There's never a place where it tells us to attack those who persecute you. When Jesus was getting beaten and whipped, there's never a statement that says, and Jesus was spat upon and spitting back, Jesus said, and Jesus like curses everybody out. Never happens. Can you imagine Jesus? He's like up there on the cross and he's like prophesying over people's life. You know, you're an adulterer. Uh, You're a thief. You are somebody who has a diabolical plot in your heart. I see it. Imagine he's just calling out everybody's sins. You know, instead he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And there's a guy next to him who says, "Uh, I believe in you. He says, you get to be with me in paradise today. Uh, Jesus is so kind all the time. And this is what we're called to be as Christians. It doesn't mean that we're to be pushovers. Kindness does not mean that we are, you know, a people who just, you know, gets walked all over and you know, all of that. But we can be kind. And if you, you know, being here a week after Easter, think about this for a minute. In Easter, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and, and everything that that means. The resurrection of Jesus, that means we have everlasting life. The resurrection of Jesus, that means that we have the Holy Spirit is real in us, that we can experience resurrection in our life now. Eventually, we're going to be brought back from the grave, and we get to be in heaven forever with the Lord. But we also have resurrection now in the sense that we have purpose, we have meaning, we know who we are, we know what this world is about, and kindness is something that is supposed to be intentional in our world. For Christians, it's not simply a a disposition that you're supposed to have. You know, we all know some kind people. We know some people who are kind in the way they speak or kind in their general demeanor, and that's great, uh, and it's a gift because you know, not everybody's like that naturally. You know, some of us, we really have to work on being nice. It just doesn't come to us naturally, but there are some people where it really does. However, you know, having a kind demeanor doesn't mean that you are, um, in fact, a kind person deep down because kindness involves action. It involves what you do, the way that you speak to other people, the way that you love people, the way that we interact. How are we doing as Christians in this world, considering all of the different things from social media that we're seeing, all the meanness that we see? How are we doing and how can we do better? 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. 
This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. And uh, so Elon Musk buys the Twitter machine, and he also made this statement about free speech, which I think is a good one. I think that it's a statement that um, matters, okay? Free, he said this, quote, free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy, and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated, said Mr. Musk. I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust, defeating the spam bots, and getting technical here, okay, I'll explain it, and authenticating all humans. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. So what he says he's going to do is he's going to get rid of all the there's computerized bots. So what it is is it's fake Twitter accounts that are basically computers that are remarkably um, have an amazing ability to post sound uh, tweets and statements and responses to things. And you think it's a real person because it's responding to you well, but really it's just artificial intelligence. It's not a real person. Have you seen this out there in the world? I was talking last hour about coaching Little League, and there's an app that now you have in Little League and in the app, it will actually do play-by-play. So it's hooked up to the official scorekeeper. And it will – If you, you can actually listen to your kid's game if you can't be there. It has a computerized voice that says so-and-so is up, James Furrow is up, and James Furrow hits a double. And it will tell you. And it'll James comes up the next time, and it will say last time James was up, he hit a double. It's And it's all computerized. There's nobody typing that in. It just goes off of the data that it gets from the scorekeeper. But at the end of the game – One of the most incredible things is it will immediately publish an article, like a sports article, about the game. And it'll tell you who won and who lost, and it'll use language like on a beautiful Monday afternoon, the the Little League Dodgers and the Little League Padres went face-to-face, and it was a great time had by all as the Dodgers beat the Padres 10-2, to and then it will go on to explain who had what hits and what kinds of major events happened in the game, who hit home runs, who... And it's all computerized, and it's amazing and terrifying in a way because it looks like a person wrote it. It looks like somebody must have been watching the game with a typewriter and they just typed it out like the old sports writers would do, and it's just generated automatically. That's the world we live in now, and that that is something that we have to be aware of. So when you hear Donald Trump – or not Donald Trump – when you hear uh, Elon Musk talking about what he wants to do on Twitter, part of it is these bots are in a very influential app, an app that's influencing the news, an app that is influencing what kinds of information you hear about, influencing what people perceive to be true. Some of it's completely computer-generated. Some of it is completely made up, and people are responding and having interactive conversations with just a computer that is trying to change their mind. This is some of what the Russian disinformation is. You know, all of the debates about 2020 election and the 2016 election and, you know, the Russiagate and the Russian conspiracies and all of this, what we're ignoring in all of that is that, no, Donald Trump was not in conspiracy with the Russians to do this, but the Russians were trying to influence that election, and they were trying to influence this one, and they try to do that. We try to do that in other places around the world, by the way. And some of the way they do it is through these mechanisms and as a culture and as Christians who want to be about truth, we've got to be aware of this, that some of what we're interacting with and especially some of the meanness, see, it drives us to meanness, the way that the the Russians 
are actually just trying to influence our elections is by turning us against each other. And they can do it on both sides, and they can do it by with computers. Some of it's real people, but some of it's computers on both sides. It's fascinating. So I'm trying to unpack, if you're wondering why the Elon Musk story in Twitter is such a big deal, this is why. And he says he wants to make the algorithms open source. Algorithms determine what it is you see. And see, the way the algorithms work is that the social media science has discovered that the more upset you are, the more likely you are to interact. And the more upset you are about something, the more likely you are to like something, the more likely you are to forward it or retweet it or bring your friends and everybody involved. And then it gets more attention, which then says to the advertisers, this is how they make money, that angry people are bringing in more revenue to the company. And so they write algorithms that stir up anger and they stir up meanness and it draws us in, even Christians, because I've been shocked at what I've seen from Christians on social media. We need to know that part of it is manipulation, that we are being manipulated to be against each other on the smallest of details, and it's tearing everybody apart. My hope for the Twitter thing is that this ends, that this is something that we can look at and actually maybe have more truth, even in the midst of other things that are just difficult. Got an opinion about this? You want to chime in? Call me up, 888-528-2557. 888-LA-TALKS is the number. You can join the conversation at any time by calling 888-528-2557. This is the Monday edition of Southern California Live. We'll be back with your calls in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live for a Monday afternoon. Good to be with you. I hope that you're enjoying your drive home, your leftover time here at work. Maybe you're getting ready to wrap it up. Maybe you just started. Maybe you're at home already with the kids. Really glad that you're joined our program. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join the conversation. 888-LA-TALKS is the number we've been talking about. The big news story of the day, Elon Musk buying Twitter and trying to delve into this a little bit more. Maybe you're wondering why it's a big deal. And because most of you are not on Twitter, Twitter is very small as far as its base of actual people. That's another thing Elon Musk says he's going to do. He wants to get rid of all of the uh, fake people. Maybe there's only going to be five people left on Twitter when that's done. That'll be an interesting uh, $40 billion investment to uh, shut it down. But what we really want to get at here, I think for Christians, and even really just for everybody, but for sure for Christians, is the issue of kindness, the issue of understanding that we are being manipulated by algorithms and other things in our social media, and how do we stay on top of that so that we can be kind? Because a place that those algorithms take you is to a place of meanness, a place where we have seen now that the social media companies want to stir up controversy even over stupid things because it engages more people and they make more money on advertising when it engages people. And when you get engaged, see you type things and you start having conversations where you reveal what it is you're interested in just in the course of conversation, which then lets the advertising companies understand how to send you advertising. I'm not sure that all of that is necessarily bad the you know the advertising part of it they need to advertise and it's better advertising if you know if you're looking for something and then that's the ads you're getting that's more relevant to you but the problem is is the the algorithms are driving us including Christians to meanness and division and we are very divided 
and maybe this kind of change in social media will help. Maybe there's no help for that. What do you think? 888-528-2557. LaTanya from Tarzana. Uh, Welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you for holding through the break. How you doing, LaTanya? Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing great. What are your thoughts on all of this? Uh, I can't hear you. You know, I can't hear you too well, but uh, go ahead and speak up loudly, and then uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, give me just a second. I'll take myself off of my earpiece. Yeah, and, and take take the uh, turn the radio down if you have that up. Okay, are you, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, much better. Okay, yes. <laughs> I'm good, and you? Very good. So what are your thoughts, Latanya? Uh, can you hear you again? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Um, I, I'm not sure why he kept me on hold, but I think I'm on hold to just pretty much no, share you're my not. story. Why don't I put you on hold here real quick, and then uh, he'll uh, he'll bring you up to speed, and we'll bring you back in just a second if we can. Okay, Latanya. <clears throat> All right, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. We're having a little technical difficulty today with some things, but so far it's been working pretty well, pretty well. So I'm going to go back to LaTanya here and see if we've made that connection. And so what it is is if you're calling, normally you can hear the show while you're on hold, and then it's a lot easier to tell when I've gone to you. But one of the issues uh, today is that you just can't hear, so you just need to wait till you hear me. And as soon as you hear me, you're on the air. All right, LaTanya, can we come back to LaTanya? All right, LaTanya, you are on the air with us. Can you hear us now? All right, maybe we'll put her on hold again. Okay, she's gone. And uh, But uh, according to the comments there, what she was going to say, and I think we all experience this in different ways, and I'm curious to how it works. She was going to say that she was having a conversation about getting a new car or something, something to that effect, and then suddenly on her social media, she started getting advertisements about cars. And a big question is, 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 is your phone listening to you? Is your Alexa device listening to you in or, just randomly, just in order to make sure that the advertisements you're getting? You know, if you're using a free mail service like, like Google Mail or Yahoo Mail or one of the freebies, it's not free. It's free because they scan your email for what interests you, and then that influences the advertisements that you get online. Uh, if you take the time to read the hundreds of pages of fine print, that's what it says. Uh, we get access to all of your stuff so that we can send you relevant advertisement. I'm not sure that that's necessarily wrong, but I think you should know about it. I think that's really uh, something that you should see. And uh, maybe she's going to call. Oh, we lost her again. I thought she was back. I might have spoiled her her comment there. Have you ever had this experience? And I'm I am not like one of these, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, people who are uh, – believing in some kind of Google telepathy or anything, but I could tell you that I feel like sometimes I've only been thinking about a subject and then suddenly I'm getting the advertisements. You know, I've been thinking to myself, you know what, it's been a long time since I've had a really good banana. And then all of a sudden I got Dole Banana commercials showing up on my my Twitter feed. I don't, you know, it's just the weirdest thing. Does that happen to you? I must have said it somewhere, right? It can't be, they're not reading my mind, but I think we've all had those kinds of experience. But that's that's how it works. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I've actually noticed that uh, I kind of know what my wife might be shopping for because we share the same uh, accounts online, and sometimes I'm getting advertisements for uh, 
for things that I'm not looking up, but then I notice it's at my front door. Like, oh, so now I know what you're shopping for, honey. I love you, and it's okay. It's fine. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you never know uh, what is being revealed to whom. And by the way, just as a, a thought, if you're not doing anything that you shouldn't be doing, then you don't have as much to worry about. You might feel that your privacy is being robbed, and you might feel that that uh, your rights are being taken away, and maybe you should feel that way. But if you aren't doing anything wrong, then the worst thing that's happening to you is you're revealing your shopping patterns to some corporation, and really probably no human being actually sees it. Once again, it's just all the computer. 888-528-2557. I want to get back to kindness because I think that there's a lot of people who have hope that maybe Twitter will become a nicer company or a company that is more open to um, better dialogue. That's kind of the vision that is being put forward. That's the ultimate, the original vision for social media. I mean, when social media was new, it was pretty fun. Remember the, you know, the is statement. It was, you would say, Scott Furrow is, and then you would just say whatever stupid thing you were doing. Scott Furrow is going out to lunch. And I used to just put ridiculous things, and that's pretty much what I do. I'm either promoting, you know, uh, some article or something that I want you to read, or I'm just saying something silly on social media. Um, Or I'm following people who also kind of understand that it's a mess, and uh, you can enjoy it that way. Um. I'm hoping, and I think a lot of people are hoping, that maybe we're going to turn a corner and be nicer to each other. Does that make sense? And I think as Christians, we need to, because Christians come across very often, I'm going to tell you, just as the meanest sometimes. And that shouldn't be. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The thing is about the fruit of the Spirit, my friends, is that you are to have all of those things, not just one. It's not like gifts of the Spirit where maybe you've got one gift and you're terrible at the rest of it. That's fine. You're particularly gifted in that area, and God is doing something special for you there. Do that if you can. But the fruit of the Spirit, we're to have all of it. We're supposed to increase in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And some people think that the word kindness, which is right there in the middle, is deliberately like these are ordered in a in a a way that's on purpose. I think you know some scholars don't think so. They just think it's just a random list. It's not random. It's these are the fruit of the spirit, but the order doesn't matter. But some people think that maybe it does. That if you have the love of the spirit, the joy of the spirit, the peace of the spirit, the patience of the spirit, that it will lead you to kindness. And then if you have all of those things and you have kindness, it will lead you to goodness, to faithfulness, to gentleness, and self-control. See, the the things after kindness are actions. The things before kindness in that list are, are character developments, things that are inside, love, joy, peace, patience. Okay, I have those, I'm growing in those, and I have kindness, and now I have action, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. See, kindness matters. And something else that's out, a study came out this week that I think, and as a parent, it's particularly interesting because it has to do with kids and has to do with kids and kindness. And this is a secular study, okay? And this study says that kindness, acts of kindness, strengthens the brain. The study shows that it helps boost the entire family's cognitive health if you as a family are doing acts of kindness to people. And these things interest me a lot because I, what we're seeing in a lot of research is that our brains actually get better when we do the right thing, that 
the way our neurons are forming, the way our brains are continuously growing, that when we put good things into our mind and when we have good behaviors, our brains respond in a positive way and we think better. We're happier. We have a better life. We have a better disposition. We have a better way of doing things. And when we're putting negative things into our mind, it increases in negative areas, areas of anger and depression or loneliness or other things that the negative things or what I would say the sinful things that we do literally change our mind in such a way that it just causes us to be more negative. But the good things that we do, and science is showing this, and I think just scripturally this is an obvious thing. When we're told that uh, that we should renew our minds, I think there's something that maybe Paul didn't understand with that when he was saying it. I mean, he understood what he was saying, but maybe he didn't understand that that literally our brains get better when we do acts of kindness. And so, yes, we do an act of kindness. It makes us feel good about ourselves, but it also suggests that our brain is getting better, even for our whole family. You know, if your family is struggling, and a lot of our families are struggling, maybe your marriage is struggling, maybe you have um, trouble reaching your kids. You have, you're worried about your kids and, you know, their attitude and are they rebelling? Are they doing these different things? What this study is showing, and it comes from the Children's Kindness Network published this, and it says that kids who are, who are taught to be kind, that research shows that kindness is a strong um, potentiator is the word of vibrant social engagement, which is a critical component, component of overall brain health that when we teach our kids to be kind, and we do, right? We teach our kids certain things. Don't lie. Don't lie. Don't be mean to people. I mean, we, those are some big things that we teach our kids, that it actually helps the brain develop. See, because this is how we are meant to be. When you accept Christ in your life, what is meant to happen, what resurrection is, you know, after Resurrection Sunday, yes, we have everlasting life. All who believe in Jesus get eternal life. There will be a resurrection of the body and the life everlasting and all of that, and it's great and it matters, but we have resurrection now. And part of it is that we have the Holy Spirit with us now who is changing us supernaturally. That's what it means. Holy Spirit is supernaturally giving you this fruit that it isn't just a list of things that you need to be better at. Do you ever feel that way? Um, How are you kind? Is there something about kindness that uh, you've experienced that has helped you or your family? What are your thoughts about this? 888-528-2557. I'm going to take a break. That's the number if you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. You're listening to Southern California Live. We'll be back with this Monday edition in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. It's good to be with you on this Monday. I hope that you are having a good Monday, good start to your your week. Getting closer to summertime. Summertime, looking forward to that. I'll tell you that. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. If you want to join our conversation, we're talking about kindness. And what I started thinking about with this is beginning with the Elon Musk story today and buying Twitter and why it's such a big deal. I think a big part of it is because we as a culture know that some things have to change. And Twitter and social media has become a pretty mean place. That if you're not savvy enough to sort of just filter out the comments and the mean things and to not let them get to you, it can really hurt you. I know a lot of you who are just in a lot of pain because of what you've experienced with your social media. 
And uh, in that case, you shouldn't be on there. You don't have to be on there. Good friend of mine quit all of his social media, and uh, he says his life is dramatically better. Every part of it. That's it's been a couple of years, and that's still what he says. And when I use it, it's mostly for advertisement or smarting off, and it's just you know a way to communicate. There's a private things I'll do for my family and exchange pictures and stuff that I think it's for. But there's so much meanness out there, and I get random stuff you know that some people will say, and you just kind of wonder. One of the people who gets a lot of mean stuff on Twitter is J.K. Rowling. You know who she is? She is the author of Harry Potter. And, you know, she's pretty far to the left in most things that she is about. But she stood up for women on Twitter a few months ago against the idea of the transgender athletes. And some, you know, she's basically saying, look, I worked really hard as a woman to get where I am as a woman and now you're telling me I'm not a woman or that a man can just become a woman and do what I did, and he doesn't have to face the same pressures that I faced. And even though he's transitioned, he's, it's not the same. She's just making that argument that I think most people actually agree with. And the unbelievable hate that she receives from that. Somebody wrote her just a few minutes ago today and said, your career has at most two years left. Either reflect, learn, or be forgotten. And, I mean, that's not even close to as mean as it gets. And she just responds and she says, ah, well, I've had a good run. She's J.K. Rowling. She's had a pretty good run of it. But that's the the nature of things. And for believers, we need to not be that person. We need to not be the person who is making mean comments to people we don't even know in most cases because we're just contributing to an environment that is bad. So a study that came out and uh, it is published in – uh, a psychological journal called Frontiers in Psychology. And it has determined that when we teach our children to be kind, that it actually helps the functioning of their brain. It actually helps them, and in fact, entire families do better. And it's dealing with this from the context of kids who during COVID were shut down with the, they didn't get to go to school, they didn't get to be with people, they have the masks on, and we're learning a lot about how the shutdowns for good or bad, whatever you think of them, they did cause a lot of harm, particularly with kids, and research is showing this. And one of the findings is that children's empathy levels were below average today, um, but showed improvements after some acts of kindness, which is part of the training of a children's uh, group that they're talking about. Uh, They think it's likely because COVID-19 restrictions and lockdowns limited children's social and emotional development by taking away opportunities to be kind to other people or to have kindness practiced on them. And what it's showing is that our brains actually are more healthy when we are kind. Now, this should not be surprising for the Christian. This should not be surprising if you believe the Bible to be true, if you believe the Holy Spirit is acting um, you know, in us and developing us, and a fruit of the Spirit is kindness, then it should in- improve environments. And that's something I think that we should be thinking about if you're on social media or even just at your church or in your workplace or in your own family. If the environment is not good, and I know most of us are dealing with that in some environment, right? There's some place we're just, you know, not necessarily as excited to go to at different points in our life. Maybe everything's cool with you right now, but there have been times, right, in your life, and there will be where you have to go to work and the environment's not so good. Or maybe your church is dealing with things and it's hard. Or maybe just in your family, there's not kindness. Kindness is something that helps break through the bad environments. And biblically, we know this to be true. We should understand this anyway. And the science around it is actually showing this. 
that when we are kind, not only does it improve environments, but it improves our brains. So we should be kind. What are your thoughts on this? 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Ted in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Thanks for calling. What are your thoughts about kindness? Uh, Yes, this is Ted, City of the Angels. My thoughts are it's a fine line on whether you're helping somebody or not. My father raised me in the church, and I witnessed when people would ask him for money as he was walking into a place of business, uh, meaning a panhandle, he'd say really quick, you're wasting my time and yours, get a job. So how much are we helping them? Are you aiding and abating them uh, doing what they should do and not be a beggar? That we do feed people, I fed people, I bought people dinners, but they need to get a job like Jesus had a job. I'm not better than Jesus. We are supposed to get a job. I'm not a prima donna. Jesus had slivers in his hands. He was a carpenter. Do I think I'm better than Jesus? So are you really helping people or not? I'm not saying don't pay. I'm not saying don't pay for a little old lady's um, tab when she didn't have enough to feed her grandchild in a grocery store. I'm talking about people on the streets that we're think we're helping them, and they're not. There's yeah. plenty of places they can get help. Would you say that it's ultimately an act of kindness? If the kind act doesn't really help them, is it actually kindness in the first place? Exactly. Is it? You know, I mean, you know, there's some of the best help I've ever gotten was a coach yelling at me. You know, if somebody's going to jump off a cliff, do you not yell at them? Right. So, yeah. you know, Christ yelled at people. I think he, kindness... Was he, go uh, ahead. I was going to say, I think kindness is a lot of work. It isn't just, I'm going to be generous without any consideration of this person's, of whether or not this is really helping you, right? Uh, we deal with that Absolutely. a lot, especially with people, but especially with people who are on drugs or homeless people. You know, it's not kind necessarily when you give cash out to somebody who's got the sign at the freeway exit, um, because 100%. very likely you're supporting their drug problem, not their hunger problem. Absolutely, especially when there's plenty of places that will get them help, and you can actually kill them if you give them too much. I mean, you hear millionaires that won't give their kids money because they know it'll kill them because their mind hasn't fully developed. Uh, you're 27 before your skull becomes fully developed. You know, right, Ted, I learned a lot from my father. Yeah, you what know, do you think, Ted, though? Me a lot. Is, there, is there a way, since you brought up kind of the homeless thing, and I know exactly what you're talking about, and as a pastor, I'll tell you, you're probably not helping, particularly the freeway off-ramp guys and stuff, if you're handing out yep. money. Is there a way to... Be kind to those people, though. If you thought about it, what should you do? Well, I mean, you know, I was raised by World War II vets, Korean War vets. Uh, my coach was a Vietnam veteran, rescued 100 POWs, and they knew when to laugh and yell and get our attention and make us laugh. But the bottom line is they were firm, and it was the best thing for us, and it helped us to grow up. And I've actually told people, you need to get a job, period, just like my father raised me. It may hurt, but it's because you love him. Just like Jesus yelled, he paused. Jesus was slow to anger, but he finally kicked everybody out of his father's temple. Okay? And he finally said, enough is enough. I love you enough to say, get out of here. So it's a fine line. What is kindness? Sure. Hope I lost you there, Ted. Um you know, I think uh, one of the things that Ted brings up here, too, is that kindness isn't 
isn't just what you think is kind. You do have to be thoughtful about it. And it isn't, you know, you should be a generous person, but there are ways to be generous that are better, more effective. And, you know, I think we live in a time when kindness or virtues are almost things that are just whatever is politically acceptable. Speaking of Twitter, like we've been doing this half hour, Twitter has, it's called a hashtag system. It's like the old pound sign on your phone. Uh, they call it a hashtag now and hashtag whatever. And you might say, you know, hashtag feed the homeless. In fact, I saw somebody uh, criticizing Elon Musk saying that for $45 billion, he could solve homelessness in the United States. He could feed them all. Um, the problem is, is that that's not true. The problem is, is that Food is not the problem, and housing is not the problem. Drug use is the problem, and there's a lot. It's a lot more complex. That'll help certain people. There are, you know, and that's I think where the discernment has to come in. There are people, particularly people who are newly homeless, who you can help by maybe giving them some money or helping them find a place or sending them home to family. You know, I've paid for a lot of bus trips for people to go home to family who was happy to take them in, and that was worth the money. And I've been robbed a few times by doing that. I think that's something to think about. We've got to end here in just a moment. But let me encourage you this way, to think of a way to be kind and that to realize that it is helping your situation wherever you find yourself, kindness. It's a fruit of the Spirit if you're struggling to be kind, and for some of us it's hard to be kind, then ask God to help you be, be kind. Fruit of the Spirit is supernatural help that you get, right? It's not all up to you. It's not a list of things uh, that you have to be as Christians and we're going to beat you over the head if you're not kind. No, ask God for help in being kind. And a part of that is the discernment. How am I helping? And I think in most of our lives, there are people that we work with. There are our own family, our spouse, our kids, people who we know who just need acts of kindness. Sometimes an act of kindness is just to say, I'll pray with you. <clears throat> Sometimes it's just a word of encouragement. And there are lots of things to do. Be discerning, be kind, and do that. It will help whatever situation you're in, and it helps your testimony of Christ wherever you're at. It'll help your church. It'll help your workplace. It'll help your school program, your dorm, wherever it is you find yourself. Kindness works, and that's what we see everywhere. Be kind online. Also, um, make your online comments a lot more kind, and you might even see your online experience be better. All right, we're done for today. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We're on every day from 3 to 5. I'll be back with you tomorrow on Tuesday. God bless you. Have a great day. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.